Bad and Bitchy Podcast. I'm Erin. And I'm Erica. And happy International Women's Day, Erin. Happy International Women's Day, Erica. We are recording this on International Women's Day, which is Tuesday, March 8th. So happy International Women's Day to all the women out there. And yes, trans women are women, except if you're Sophie Trudeau, who ostensibly doesn't believe that. Anyway... Let's move on. Right. Coming in hot. You know, you know what? Fuck her. And I'll tell you what. Okay, so I have to say we are five years into this podcast this week. And um, happy five-year anniversary. Well, thanks. Same to you. And how did we start off this podcast? We got pissed off at Sophie for her tomorrow in hand where she celebrates the men and boys are celebrated in 2017, the men and boys who allowed us to be feminists. Allowed us. Yes. We don't even have our own agency. No. So for those of you who don't know what I'm referring to, Sophie Gregoire Trudeau posted a video on her Instagram of a live birth. Don't ask me why. I do not know. But given today's uh, political climate, it's a bit questionable in judgment, wouldn't you say? So the caption reads, there is no way around it. I cry every time I look at this. Life, the miracle of life, women, their wombs, our womb. No one comes into this life with war raging in them or hatred geared towards others. On this International Women's Day, whether we choose to carry or not carry life within us, Let's remind ourselves of where we all come from, the greater womb, which holds all of us together in ways we cannot always see amidst the chaos. Our true nature is peace. Our true nature is courage. So let's stand together for what's right. Bitch, what the fuck? So I sent you that video or that Instagram post just based on the video. And I just didn't read the caption. Because <laughs> why would you? Well, yeah. And you reading it right there just made me cringe. It's just so cringe. You know? Yeah. It's just like, and actually, you know, we haven't even said this, but our misogynist of the week this week is uh, girl boss feminism. And this just reeks of girl boss feminism. You yeah. Know, very basic understanding of feminism as gender parity, not gender equity. And, and not fighting against patriarchy. This is what I miss. Yeah. And, that, and that's patriarchy. And that's it's just like a very, you know, another example would be white white feminism. Yes. That's kind of what we're talking about, but there's a little bit more of a, a different spin in terms of the corporate nature of the girl bossness too. It pretty, it's basically mer- it's mer- white feminism plus capitalism equals girl boss. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, absolutely. I think that capitalistic um, angle is key in this. Yes. Especially in the age of social media and influencers. Yes, 
because influence has become a commodity. And especially, you know, because we are still in a pandemic and you've seen all of these wellness influencers gain notoriety for being anti-vax and pro quote unquote freedom and bodily autonomy, despite not being pro-choice when it comes to abortion. Yes. And, you know, I, um, I would say that all of these, you just touched on basically <laughs> the first quarter of 2022, <laughs> bodily autonomy, anti-vaxxers, the wellness um, industrial complex, the goops, the Rachel Hollises, who once compared herself to Harriet Tubman, uh, at the, who wrote Girl Go Wash Your Face, which I, that whole title is offensive. Anyway, um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's all of these things wrapped up in one that springs from this sort of wellness white supremacy that is very much um, tangential to white supremacy as a movement. Mm-hmm. It's, like the, it's like the women's version of white supremacy. And we couldn't get there without the um, sort of like the deraging, like taking out the the resistance and the rage from feminism, turning it into women's rights and erasing the whole patriarchal structure that we're supposed to be fighting against. Because when I look at, when I hear hear people like Christian Freeland, who is Girl Boss Incorporated, okay, um, all I hear is gender parity, gender equality, I never hear anything about fighting patriarchal structures. I never hear anything about fighting white supremacy. I've yet to hear Krista Freeland make any sort of comment on indigenous women that isn't an aside or treated like an appendage. And so what we have is a bunch of Gen X second wave feminists running around pretending like they got like they were like they're successful as though patriarchy isn't dampening them either and it is and these women are white they're upper to middle they're upper class they have all the tools and resources to gain the the sort of human capital constructs that capitalism requires the money for investment in education getting educated your peers I read in the Jacobin actually that women of those sort of social constructs are more likely to identify across class than gender. And so when what we do is then corporate then comes up with GBA plus and treats class, race and gender in equanimity with education. And that ain't it. Feminism is intersectional at its core. If it's not that, it's not feminism. It's bullshit. Anyway, that's my rant. So, you mean, off the top of the podcast, you said Happy International Women's Day to all women, trans women, et cetera. I just kind of used the blanket tweet that said Happy International, International Women's Day to intersectional feminists only. Because yes. you said, if your feminism isn't intersectional, you're not a feminist you know, celebrating women on International Women's Day is literally 
the bare minimum you can do. The bare minimum. I knew we were doomed when we started upholding men. When we started raising men to the level of feminists just for saying they like women, I was like, we are fucking doomed, okay? And that's the thing. It's this, it's this mealy mouth apologetic um, feminism for taking up space, which isn't feminism. It is not brash. It is not in your face. It isn't rage. And I don't know why there isn't rage just pouring out into the streets, especially after this so-called feminist government treated women in this pandemic through policy. But you all see Christian Freeland and you all are like, oh my God, she's our savior, when she's really Hillary Clinton. I'm just sick of these second wave feminists, these white women who come up and they're like, Christian, 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 I'm sorry. Have you seen what she's done in the Lima group and how, how instrumental she has been in destabilizing indigenous governments in Bolivia? Okay. I don't know what kind of feminism that is, but I don't want it. Okay. I don't want it. You could keep that shit. I mean, your question was rhetorical, but I'm going to answer it. The answer answer is no, because at the bare minimum, people see a woman in quote unquote power and be like feminism, we've made it. Well, we're done here. Yeah. And and I think you made a really interesting point earlier on in your first rant. (laughs) I'm just uh, over it. Where you talked about, you know, these second wave feminists, particularly politicians, who don't really talk about dismantling patriarchy. And I think that is for several reasons. One is because they've made it to where they are in spite of patriarchy. So they think the system is working, but the system is really only working for people, for either them specifically or people like them, which means people of means, people, women who are white, women who are cisgendered, who, you know, that sort of, elite class and then they don't talk about patriarchy because it's it's a very divisive issue and I know you and I have talked about um like neoliberals in particular flirting a little bit with like you know right-leaning politics and making sure that they're not divisive enough to drive them away which I mean do what you want, I guess. But, you know, the, the reality is, is that being just the act of existing in the world as a woman is a political stance. Women are political, whether they like it or not, because our existence is political, because we are constantly under attack, Yeah, we are constantly receiving less than men. Mm-hmm. And the second you incorporate any other sort of intersection, those odds go down exponentially. And so therefore our existence is political and to, to not be rageful about that, to not feel frustration and anger and understand that your literal existence on this planet is political is kind of a failure of the system. Anyway, I have something else to say about patriarchy, but it's kind of gone because I was just talking for a long time, but uh, I'm sure it'll come (laughs) back to me. 
I think that I, I you know, I don't know where I, I know there's some I know there's feminist organizing going on. I'm not saying that there's nothing happening, but it just seems so fractured. It seems very local. I feel as though it just seems as though that sort of like street protest feminism got incorporated into institutions. And now most of our feminism is done through institutional grants. It's not like there's there's no activism. Like there's activism on the ground. And I want to I want to shout out. I see you. Um, I want to thank you. Um, But I find that most of the activism that's happening in terms of feminism is tangential to like its attendant oppressions, right? So for example, a lot of the feminist organizing that I'm aware of is attached to something else, is attached to another marginalized group, which in a way kind of underscores how feminism has sort of become secondary to everything else. And what happened? I, I don't like, I, what happened? I know what happened. Okay. So what happened is that those broader feminist movements were likely organized by second wave white feminists and, you know, other intersections, other marginalized groups didn't feel like they had a voice, didn't feel seen. And those spaces likely felt violent. And so they retreated into, you know, um, a black organizing group who also has a feminist slant, right? Right. And so because when I personally see grassroots organizing that is feminist in nature and helmed by primarily white women, I have questions. Yes. Because they're in my view, they need to go out of their way to demonstrate that they are one, not terse, two, yes, willing yes. to listen to marginalized voices and actually take those voices into account. And I understand that organizations um, tend to coalesce around existing um, groups and communities. And sometimes people have primarily white friends who have the privilege to have extra time to organize. Right, good point, good point. And so they need to, they need to really emphasize the, their intersectionality and the safe space nature of those spaces to attract other marginalized groups. It's not an if you build it, they will come scenario. No, in fact, you have to center them. Mm-hmm. And that's what's not happening. And so, you know, as usual, white people want to be in control. And feminism's no different. None of these, you know, marginalized groups that include white people is no different. And so, you know, I I just I'm over it. I'm over the whole thing. 
I'm over the whole International Women's Day. I, I swear, we we did a we did an International Women's Day special. I swear to God, for every year it's like, oh fuck this shit again. You know what I mean? It's just, it's so when you live your life in this role, you don't need a day, but also we do need a day to actually talk about these things. And that's what these kind of ceremonial days, that's a positive thing about them, even though I hate them. Yeah. They make us stop. They make us consider and they make us look, okay, where are we now? Have things gotten better for women? Since, since we started this podcast, have things gotten better or worse? I would say they've gotten worse. Because those same women up in those upper class jobs who have children, this pandemic should have shown you, you ain't shit. I think that they are good. I think that you and I don't need them, but I think they're good in that they, we benefit from them because space is ceded to us to be like, hey, things are shitty. Things are this. Here are the facts. Da, 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 da. And they're like, okay, cool. We're going to let the women talk today. Apparently not on Twitter. Um, <laughs> um, so here, here's all the things. And so you get one day, but then you get just a barrage of information. Yeah. And then it's forgotten about. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, you had your day. And then they pat you on the head. And continue with their fucking oppression. Yeah. I mean, it's so infantilizing. Like, how much pink do I have to see? And it's not like ironic pink like ours. Mm. It's more like, it is so infantilizing. Mm -hmm. I remember RBC, Royal Bank, doing this whole pink charade for International Women's Day. And I wanted to, and it was all white women that they showed, by the way. And I wanted to vomit. I literally felt ill. I wanted to vomit Mm -hmm. because it was just so, it was just so bad. And let me, let me get back to this GBA plus bullshit. And we talked about this with Marcy Ian. And so this is what, so what corporate feminism does and what it did is it put white women in positions of power white women who then turn around and oppress other women, marginalize women because they're not white and they're not of the same class and they're not of their ilk. Okay. So I want everybody to take a look at their white women bosses and, and really note how they uphold patriarchal white supremacist, ableist, heterosexual capitalist structures. Just, just take a moment this internet, well, when this airs, it won't be International Women's Day, but still take a moment, take a day and observe and you'll see what I mean. Just because you're, they're nice to you doesn't mean shit. They have power, you don't. A benevolent dictator is still a dictator. Yeah. Yeah, and this goes back to actually the thing that I forgot earlier was that, you know, we were talking about rage and how there is none in the uh, girl boss feminist movement. And I think it's important to recognize that 
that lack of rage is mm-hmm. a removal of our agency. Yes, sing it, sister. And it's emphasizing the patriarch because there's the it's the perspective that an angry woman is irrational and therefore if she's irrational her ports are invalid bam and so asking for for you know there's listen there are times to 100 be polite to be respectful and all of these things asking for equity and equality is not one of those times thank you be nice in your emails to your bosses don't be an asshole but also ask for your worth demand it and if you think your worth is whatever you think it is, double it. Because I can guarantee, no, double it, yeah. Because you haven't even hit no. your worth. You should see what these white guys are asking for for doing fuck all. Yeah. You know, the like I, at this point, I don't want to hear career advice. I really don't. Nobody should be giving career advice, first of all, because it's already out of date, <laughs> okay? <laughs> The only career advice, I don't want to hear, I, I was, I was writing the column and I was like, I'm going through, cause you know, I'm looking up Sophia Amoruso and that fuck Sheriff Sandberg or whatever. And I'm looking at all of these fucking puff piece pieces by women's magazines, mm-hmm. by women's editors. That is patriarchy. Mm-hmm. Yet these are the women we're supposed to celebrate. They could go fuck themselves. They've done nothing for me. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing for me, nothing for you, nothing for a lot of fucking people. It's all about, and the problem is, the problem with corporate feminism too, is that they boil it down. They get these women who have had all the advantages in life, who have, who they hold them up as successful. Notice these women cannot be ugly, okay? So they have to be somewhat attractive mm-hmm. and uh, patriarchy. And basically it's, it's like these women are overseers on the plantation. It is their job to gatekeep for patriarchy. It is their job to gatekeep who is allowed success. Right. Mm-hmm. And so they're just doing the work of the overseer. These are not women you should look up to none of them because they will not turn around and help anybody who doesn't look like them or come from the same class as them. Mm -hmm. They're not here for us. They're here for themselves. And that's what corporate fem and that's what corporatization of feminism did. It took women out of the streets. You don't need to like struggle all that hard here. Here's, here's our affirmative action. We'll give you a job. And they incorporate, and then all of a sudden you start building up sort of economic equity that you're afraid to lose if you go against that system. You're afraid to lose the power that they have allowed you to have, the little smidget of power that they have bestowed upon you, which is no power at all. And then these women turn around and talk to you about empowerment. And empowerment is a very individualistic type of thing. It negates the collectivity that we need to fight these systems. It's all game and we're losing. And so what we get is, oh, 
here's some self-empowerment that you could do all by yourself. Oh, and by the way, if you don't have all these things that we have, that's your fault. It's trickle down feminism, fuck them. And all they're, all they're doing is they're weaponizing their own success against the rest of us to tell us that we ain't shit and that we don't deserve shit. And we should stop asking for shit because it's our fault we don't have shit and the gaslighting continues. I, I'm on a rant today. I'm just over it. I, I'm so angry. <laughs> Fucking wombs and shit. Like, I, I just, I'm like, it's 20 motherfucking 22. This is where we're at? Okay. I'm, I'm just over it. I'm so pissed off. And, you know, and then, and then you get these corporate feminists who look at you like deer in the headlight when you bring this shit up because they never fucking thought about it. And I'm like, your leadership, or if they did, they sure as hell dismissed it for their own gain. Fuck these, you know what? Fuck these bitches, okay? I'm so over that. Here's what I find though, is that like, on an individual level, a lot of these women understand intersectionality. You know, they're like, okay, yeah, I understand that like, Indigenous women have different experiences um, and that, you know, they have experienced disproportionately negative effects in all of these different areas and that Black women, you know, whatever. But it's in the application of it. You know, there's, there's no one there to be like, uh, maybe we should review this. And if there, if there is, if there is somebody there, they're probably black or indigenous of, of color. They're probably not of the same class and they don't want to listen. Yeah. And it, it's, it's like, people are just like, yeah, cool. I totally, I understand. And then as soon as it comes to actually interrogating their own privilege and their own, the way that they've benefited from white supremacy or patriarchy, they, they, they cannot, they cannot do it. No. They refuse. They absolutely refuse. These people are disgusting. I, I'm so, I, I'm just like, there's no excuse anymore. There's none. What have you, I, you know what? Why, I, you know what? Here's, here's what I'm gonna do. Now I'm gonna do. For succeeding International Women Day, I, anybody who asks me to do anything or anything like that, or anybody who basically asks me anything, I'm going to ask them what they've done to help other women, mm-hmm. to lift up other women. Mm-hmm. And this goes for, this is not like people who DM me I'm talking about. I'm talking about people in positions of power, people in decision-making positions. I'm going to be like, what, what have you, so what is your, in the past year, what have you done to help a woman who doesn't look like you? or isn't in your class. It's time we start interrogating these women. And for people who are like, I don't want to police other people's feminism. We didn't, and look where the fuck we are. And you know what? It's about time we should, because at the end of the day, we have all these fucking TERFs, and I include Sophie Trudeau in that, who who have these outmoded and outdated ideas of womanhood and what a woman should be, what a woman looks like. And I know that shit doesn't include me, much less somebody 
who is trans. And with all the things that are going on with trans, with trans children, the, the battles that they have to fight, this is highly, highly, it's beyond inappropriate. It's violent. This is violence. This, this, this Instagram. Mm -hmm. So that does it for this misogynist of the week. We really pulled another audible and, uh, needed to just get some things off of our chest. Apparently. Yeah, we were actually going to, okay, this week, I feel like I didn't, I had plans to talk about certain things and I just dashed them because I got up this morning and I was just like, you know what? Fuck all you motherfuckers. Okay. Cause we out here doing this work and we see you, we see you. And you know what? Here's another international women's day message. All of you performative actors, activists can go fuck yourselves too because i see a lot of people jumping on this activism bandwagon and you all can go fuck yourselves okay and maybe you know have some courage to interrogate the feminists you follow yeah on social media and challenge them and how they you know consistently and continuously make every issue about them exactly (laughs) we won't name names (laughs) but if every sentence starts with i maybe they're narcissists maybe maybe they're like shake on like on on what's it called love is blind i just i'm i'm like halfway through the reunion episode i'm like my god the misogyny these are words i don't know oh Oh, you're not watching Love is Blind, Erin? Listen, I went to a three-hour Japanese movie a few weeks ago and not watching Love is Blind. Fair. But when (laughs) Nicholas Shea has to pull you up on your fucking uh, misogyny, brah, okay? That's not a good (laughs) look. He didn't treat his first wife very well, so I know, but you know, people, I'll, I'll give him, you know what? People grow and learn and shit. And he's, he hasn't been like, I'll wait until he says something fucking off brand. Let's put it that way. There are bigger and more um, fish to fry in this pan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we'll be back next week with our same old bullshit. <laughs> Well, we're not bullshit, but we will talk about the bullshit. Absolutely. But make sure you become a paid subscriber to the podcast so you can get access to those full Monday episodes, badbitchypodcast.substack.com. Erica, anything else you want to add? Yes, I do want to add. So since we've been doing this for five years, when it wasn't popular, by the way, when we were doing this five years ago, nobody wanted to hear shit. And I wouldn't say nobody because we did have like a core group. And I just want to, I just want to shout out the core group and the people who came along the way, who kind of found us, came along the way and the people who are going to come after. We're here really to center uh, marginalized voices through an intersectional feminist framework. It's who we are. It's what we've been doing for five years. It's how we live. And so I just want to pat 
ourselves on the back for a minute and just say, it's great being on this ride with you. And here's to a fuck ton more time on the mic. All right. On that note, Erica, I will talk to you next week. Yes.